Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Voices of Roller On. It is I, your host, Anthony Perez, with my co-host here, Allison Ray. And I'd like to apologize for last week. Um we didn't post a topic discussion because it was like a hundred percent my fault. Uh my schedule tends to get very um how do you say like it's like always shifting with my family and it's just like never like a consistent schedule so that was 100% my fault um so we're doing one for today which today is now father's day um and we wanted to release one for today so yeah um to get started as we mentioned in last podcast um we're gonna be doing queer discussions because it is pride month and we are both celebrating so suck it up (laughs) because we're gonna be talking about it um no, if you've listened to us for this long, y'all are probably allies, so y'all probably won't mind. Um, but yeah, to get started, today's topic of discussion is going to be about our experiences with drag. Um, for those that don't know, drag is an art form, it is a way of expression to like let that inner femininity that like diva out that you normally would be like shunned for to display in public like we obviously live in like in a like super masculine society especially for me who comes from a hispanic and latino background it's always like the machismo culture and all that like if you don't walk a certain way or talk or act like you'll you'll get eyes batted towards you and drag kind of like makes that femininity inside you and from what i've seen kind of like you make a whole person out of it which is kind of cool to me um and it started like centuries ago um From what I was reading, I think it started with, at least not started, but those early records of, like, people performing in plays. And because it was, like, only men who were allowed to perform in the plays, they had to act as women in some of the plays. So they would get in drag and act like a woman and dress like a woman normally would. Um, for their times, and drag is like a shortened version of the phrase, dressed as a girl. So, you know, like the DR comes from dressed, the A is as, and G is for girl. That's like how drag um, got the name. And we want to talk about the experience because this year in particular 
there's been like an attack on drag um there's been a whole bunch of bills that have been passed and proposed about especially in tennessee um i believe i've mentioned it before but there's like oh kids can't be allowed in like drag shows and there's been like a lot of misconceptions that oh um drag queens are like being sexual and sexualizing our children and they'll cause harm and stuff like that and it's just not true and the news you always see it's people from other communities not from drag communities that are doing that i'm not saying that there isn't because there definitely isn't a few names pop up in my head from just you know being a fan of post drag race but it's just not as much as they think there's always going to be a certain select few that are just not good people. Um, yeah, so my experience with drag... Sorry, uh, were you going to say something? No, you're good. Okay. Um, so my experience with drag... Um, I didn't realize what drag was until my, hmm, I think it was my, it was my freshman year for sure, my second semester at my university, FIU, um, I took an LGBT, oh my god, LGBT, uh, class because it was a requirement for one of my social classes of gen ed and whatever but i took it because you know why not and i learned a lot um but one of the things i learned was about drag i saw the famous documentary called uh paris is burning um it, which focuses on like the new york drags being in ballroom scene i believe um and the cool part was they brought in some performer uh, performer She's a local queen here. Her name was Carla Croqueta. You guys should check her out. She is a singer. She's a... I think a performance queen if I had a guess. Because she could sing like I had just said. She was funny. Um, she is a bearded queen. So usually... Um, I wouldn't say usually because I'm not like too, too familiar. But from what I've seen... The queens usually have no facial hair to, like, reflect the women that um, are in, like, society right now. You don't really see too many women with facial hair. And to see a drag queen like that, it's, like, kind of cool to me because, like, you're embracing both sides. But, yeah, she had facial hair. And she was nice. She was really cool. And that was, like, my first live experience of a drag performer um i had another experience where it was on my birthday as a matter of fact the school was hosting like this drag dance competition and whatnot they had the drag performers from our house which is a drag brunch restaurant um they had them perform in front of the schoolyard which is really cool because it like that's where everyone is because that's like the plaza of our campus 
Um, they're performing for like an hour or two. And they were like lip syncing and dancing to like Beyonce, Rihanna, Nicki Minaj, Lady Gaga. It was like really cool. And I get to see them perform. And it, I saw it with a group of friends. <laughs> and one of them is straight. And even they were like, oh my god, wait, guys, I'm kind of getting confused. They're like, I don't know if I should like find them attractive or not. I'm like, <laughs> if you like what you like, but that was funny. My mom wanted to take me to a to our house for my twenty first to like try the mimosas because that's always what you get over there. But I chickened out. I was too intimidated because I've seen Instagram videos of people whose birthday it is go over there and they're like the main mm-hmm. like front and center attention of everyone. Like I'm not trying to get like a lap dance in front of my family. Like that is embarrassing. No thanks. Well, I'm surprised because um, um, I know you said before like your mom was like very against. Yeah, I know. You know, gay. So I'm very surprised that she like, because I feel like you're always she saying that you're going without going to drag me. She'd be going without me. Yeah, but I'm like surprised that she's okay with it. Mm-hmm. No, ever since I've come out, she's been like on this little like personal journey to like try and understand more because I know there's still some things that bother her, like me with the piercings, but that's because of her religion and whatnot. But she was always like she would try to force me to church and she would take me to church like right after i came out all of a sudden we were going to church and whatnot it just didn't look right but she's been putting less pressure i haven't we haven't gone to church in a long while um but she's had this journey and she's been going to like the drag brunches, even without me, as I mentioned before. Um, she's recorded videos with the queens telling them to like address me and stuff in their videos and whatnot, and they would. Um, she, she has a lesbian friend, so I guess she's kind of been like learning from her too, maybe. I'm not sure, but she's definitely gotten better over the years, thank God. Um, But yeah, that aside, uh, another thing that I've been into this year is uh, RuPaul's Drag Race, as I mentioned before. Um, another group of friend of ours uh, introduced me to the show, but I was only seeing the lip sync battles at the end, and I was kind of hooked on it. So then season 15 was my live my first live season I ever watched of that show and I was looking forward to it every Friday along with uh, Hell's Kitchen so like every Friday it'd be like super good for me um, yeah, it was like really fun I got to see a lot of stuff and like the struggles and just really get like a new appreciation for it because 
one, I know Drag Race is like super sanitized in terms of what you see in drag. You know, there's a lot of like the uh, it's like more child friendly than drag shows and like in terms of like creepiness maybe or like mm, I don't know how to describe it but it's just more sanitized because it's on TV you know like there's guidelines for TV um they they have to follow it so it's not like you would see in a drag show but Drag queens, they get the, uh, I'm, they, mm, I want to say they, if they're well known, they get paid from the clubs to attend, to get booked and whatnot, but a lot of their money also comes from tips from people that are watching them, that's where you always see like, oh, tip, the, uh, tip your queen, support local drag, stuff like that, because they get a lot of money from the audience. And when you look at how much the queens are spending, which RuPaul's Drag Race kind of highlights, it's a lot of money. There's, you have to buy all the wigs. You have to pay someone to style for them if you don't know how. You have to buy the wig glue. You have to buy any tape. And that's just for hair. Then you have makeup that you're using like, for the nights that you go and you're booked, you have to pay for um, any jewelry like earrings or um, necklaces, uh, bracelets, rings, um, any like headpieces because I know a lot of queens wear headpieces. Then you have the actual suit. Uh, that they're wearing or gown and then the fabric that they're using the style how it's created in terms of like the technique and stuff like that um the production of the dress or whatever they're wearing that day then you have the heels maintenance like you're spending razors to shave um like skincare products, uh, makeup utensils, stuff like that. But it adds up a lot. And you know, they have to have variety. You're not going to wear the same thing every night. And it, it's just a lot. And it racks up to like the thousands sometimes for them. Which is kind of crazy. And it's like a leap of fate. As to whether or not you're going to make it big in the business. And whether what you spent. If it's going to be worth it or not. And it's just like a appreciation that I have for them. That I didn't have before. Just because I wasn't aware of just how much they need. Yeah, I mean the wigs alone. Like wigs are hundreds of dollars alone. Mm-hmm. For just whether it's one. like synthetic or human hair especially like whew. yeah for just like one nice wig it's like hundreds of dollars and they have like a whole wardrobe of them usually yeah 
Um, I know the one thing about them is a lot of the times they do make, like, their own outfits. So they'll buy, like, the fabric and stuff mm-hmm. and kind of make it themselves. Which, that is cheaper, but still, it's a lot of money. Yeah, you need to know how to sew. Like, yeah. in, in Drag Race, there's different challenges. There's, like, ball challenges where you're required to make your own, like, garment that you're wearing. Like... And some people go and they don't know how to sew, so they just hot glue. But hot glue is not going to last you long. With how much you're sweating, with you being hot. Like, it takes a lot to be a giant queen. One, um, it's recommended you sew. Two, you need to know the lyrics to a lot of songs. Because you're going to be looking... Really bad if you don't know the lyrics of a song, you're just there dancing and collecting money. Um, three, you need to have like some type of fashion style because if you look like a mess, no one's gonna be paying attention to you, and it's just like a whole bunch of things that you'll need to do to be like a good queen. Yeah, so I'm like looking through. I found mm-hmm. something that's like um, how much money queens spent to compete, like on RuPaul's for like their looks and stuff, and it's like it ranges mm-hmm. from like a thousand to like twenty thousand. Yeah, it's like crazy. Oh, this one's forty. Heidi and closet mm-hmm. forty thousand. Yup. For all star season. That was the this season. Mm-hmm. She. Um, she wait. It's not wasted. She used forty thousand for her runway package, which is really good. You could tell she used all that money, and then she canceled sixty thousand worth of gigs to do it to attend. Yeah, so that is a hundred thousand. Really, like. A lot, it's a gamble, but you know, um, I've been wanting to go to the uh, not well, one I wanted to go to the gay club here in Fort Lauderdale called uh, Wilton Manors, that's where a lot of the drag queens go to perform and stuff. Our house is more like you see the queens that are drag and you see them like having a fun time at brunch. Um, I had a fun fact I had a class with one of the queens uh, back in my freshman year of college. It was a biology class, and the queen's name was Juicy Love Opium. And I saw them, they were like in the table, like diagonal of me. It was so cool because, like, oh my god, like, the world really is small. At least Miami is small. Um, One of my um, people who I was friends with in high school is doing drag now. Mm. Which is kind of funny. Yeah, like, it's so fun seeing how queens start because, you know, their makeup is not nowhere near as good as someone who's been in the business for years. They're going to be shy um, on stage. Like, no one's going to be, like, good 
the first time because it's nerve-wracking like you're in front of people you might forget like the thought of you forgetting your lyrics could be embarrassing and stuff like that like it's just something you naturally learn um But yeah, I've I wanted to go to the club and the brunch thing, it'd be fun to go. I just don't wanna be <laughs> the center of attention, like no. Uh, yeah. I'm going to a drag brunch actually next weekend. Oh. Cause uh obviously this month's Pride Month, right? So to kick off mm-hmm. the uh festival that they're doing where I live for it, the parade and everything, they're doing a drag brunch at um, a uh, brewery around here. Mm. That's like It's like an old warehouse that they like turned into a brewery. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm going to that. Should be fun with my friend Peyton. Oh, wow. I think tickets were only like 17 bucks. For food and a drag show, that's really cheap. Yeah, drags, um, not as big around here, but I also don't really live in a big city. We only have, like, one place Mm -hmm. that, like, you can really go for a drag show, um, and it's really kind of sketchy, so I really don't go to them very Mm. much. Um, just, like, where it is and everything is really sketchy, and we, we we used to have two, like, gay clubs here. One of them got shot up. So now not that many people go to the gay clubs around here. Um, yeah. Uh, I think the first time I was around drag, though, was actually my brother. Which is kind of funny. Because mm. he wasn't, like, in drag, I should say. He was just, like, dressed up as a girl for, uh, like, an event he was doing. Um, and then the second one would be my other brother, the gay one. He was actually dressed up in drag. They were doing a, uh, talent show at my school. And his one friend wanted to do Moulin Rouge. Have you ever seen Moulin Rouge? It's very, uh, uh, racy for a college thing. Uh, so no. he, they they all dress up in drag for that. It was interesting. Um, um, they were very scantily dressed for that. You know, the closest thing to that is that I know on again drag race. Uh, they did a whole what they call a musical, which is a musical, but. It takes out the RuPaul, so they called it a musical, and it was called Moonland Rule. Oh, that's like the closest thing I've heard of that. Yeah. Uh, I don't watch too much RuPaul's now. I used to watch a lot more of it when like Kyle was around, because I would watch it with him all the time, because he watches it all the time. He actually, because he lives in New York. 
and uh, quite a bit of the queens from the show like perform in New York. So he'll go sh- see them like all the time. He sends me pictures. He's gotten like their autographs and stuff. Which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um. Hmm. I'm trying to think of other experiences, but I think that might be all because one had just came out seven, five years ago, actually, five. It was when I turned 17, which would be 2018. So, yeah, um, I wasn't too accountable in school to like show or act or like I try to stay as closeted as I could so like I didn't know about drag and then 2019 was my first experience with that because I was in college and stuff and then um you know I got to see more of it live in that class and then school and then with Rob showing me uh he's the friend that introduced me to it I've kind of like been hooked on it but um I I also want to talk about, like, well, hmm, this might actually be for next episode, which will be about, are we, sorry, we, we're doing two more episodes about it, right, since we missed last yeah. week? Okay, so. You know, I'll keep it a surprise because it's not time for it yet. But, um, a drag queen is one of the more prominent known figures of gay history, uh, Marsha P. Johnson. Um, she was an activist, uh, for gay rights, she was at Stonewall. Um, and oh sorry on um, <clears throat> on top of being a member of the LGBT community, they were a drag queen as well. And um I kinda don't wanna go too much in depth because I wanna save it for that one topic that we have. But Drag just has, like, a very prominent history in our history. And I wish more gay people were, like, not accepting, but knowledgeable of how important drag is to us. Because it does a lot for us to know, like, where we came from, obviously, but... It's like an art form from our community. And ever since I learned it, drag has like led me into more history of us that I never really knew about. Like um there's drag families and that's how like oh um, you'll see some queens say, like, oh, she's my drag mother, she adopted me, or they would say, like, 
quote unquote like gave birth which i think is when they put them in drag for the first time i'm not too sure about that but um you'll see in drag race there's like drag daughters from really famous drag queens and um you'll see that there's some ballroom queens in the series too and the whole ballroom thing I believe started in New York. New York is like a very. I think it was like a starting point. For drag. If I'm not mistaken. Um, there's a whole ballroom scene in there. Where voguing came to be. Uh, I know voguing is really popular. But a lot of people don't realize where it comes from. Um. That's where, like, the duck walk, the death drop, the dips and stuff comes from, or where it's derived. And it's just cool to me. I like that history. Yeah, drag was, uh, is a very big, uh, way that kind of, like, the chosen family thing came to be. Um, I know, because, like, you know, drag families really are, like, your chosen family a lot of the time when you are in that mm-hmm. scene. Because a lot of those that people too. end up do getting, like, disowned by their family and stuff like that for expressing themselves, which is horrible. But um, I know that's one of, like, the uh, things that really, like, created kind of chosen families in, um, you know, LGBTQ culture. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very important to learn about, um, if you want to know more about, like, LGBTQ, um, history and culture and stuff like that, because a lot of people think it's not, like, that important or not that relevant Mm -hmm. to it, but it really is. Yeah. And so, with a little bit of research, you could find that drag balls did indeed begin to flourish in new york city at the heart of the height of the harlem renaissance and it evolved into the ballroom community which is portrayed in paris's burning um that's why like for one hmm, well there's a lot of stuff i want to say oh my god um, what I want to start with this. Okay, so one, what you were saying is important too about the chosen family because a lot of the ballroom origins was queer people being shunned from their real families, having to go to their chosen families, like you mentioned too. And a lot of it was black and Hispanic slash Latinos that were like shunned. And that's why a lot of the community is made up of those members, especially of black people. Um, they obviously were discriminated, not just because of their race, but because of the sexuality too. And it wasn't easy as Hispanics either, but I definitely want to say that they could get away with a little bit more than black people could because 
you have like white Hispanics. Um, and it's just that like that's another reason as to why these drag families came about because you have chosen families like I know this season of Drag Race that just passed um, there was a queen named Mistress Isabel Brooks where she was talking about how her daughter not her daughter sorry her mother um, her real mother didn't really approve and she hasn't spoken to her for a bit and she was kind of chosen as family by her drag mother named Chevelle Brooks. And that's where she gets her last name from. Because of the drag family and stuff. And two. I know a lot of people don't like RuPaul. Because of the whole fracking thing. And as well as the anti-trans stuff that he was doing. Back in the, like, earlier seasons of the show, um, he had, like, an inappropriate mail system that was named after, like, a bad word for trans people, um, again, the fracking stuff, he would act as, he would, like, mistreat the trans queens, from what I've seen, if I'm not mistaken. But RuPaul has done a lot for the drag community. Because as one, a drag queen. Two, a black person. They really put in the work for their success. You know, um, back in the 90s, she... She performed, but she wasn't obviously as known. Like she had a work, she had to work for everything from the ground up for the empire that she has now with all these drag franchises from different countries like Mexico, España, UK, Canada. Like it all came from her. All of them take after her. It's RuPaul's Drag Race, and she did that. Um, she like did everything in her power to where she is now and like I give her props for that because like she really is what is it a trailblazer is that what it is is that the word I'm looking for yeah trailblazer yeah that like, that's impressive. She really put drag on the map as a form of art. She's been on numerous famous talk shows, like Jimmy Fallon, if I'm not mistaken, is one of them. Um, a lot of the drag queens that she's popularized, like Simone. Simone was at a fashion show. Like a really, really famous fashion show. Um, who else am I, am I thinking of? Uh, I know her winners, obviously. For them winning, they get like a whole bunch of brand deals and popular magazine covers and tours and stuff like that. But 
she really gave a lot of these queens their careers just for being on her show their bookings for the most part go up um they get a lot more followers they get a lot more exposure a lot more fans and like i just like that because she she knows what it is to start from the ground up so she just wants to use that platform that she has for other queens Uh, she, she definitely is, like, the one that made, like, drag, uh, you know, more popular. As known as it is now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, for sure. Um. Yeah, I mean, you even see, like, drag queens now doing stuff like playing Twitch and being, like, really popular and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. playing video games. Like, um, I watch one who dresses up as a grandmother. It's fucking hilarious. Uh, and plays horror games. It's hilarious. Talks in like, I oh don't God. a cross between a Scottish and like New York accent. I really don't know what the accent is. It's really weird, <laughs> but it's great. Um. So yeah, it's really becoming like very prevalent in culture, especially now. I feel mm-hmm. like, um. I mean, now, no, now, like, politicians are seeing that. Now they're like, oh, we can't have that. So now you're getting all the, you know, anti-drag bills and stuff like that because of it. Yeah. But, yeah, I think that's about everything I wanted to say about it. Did you have anything else you wanted to add, Guy? Mm-mm. That was really it. I went through all my tangents. <laughs> all right, what's next episode going to be? So, like, as fun and, like, passionate as I was about this one, next week, uh, some of y'all might not like this, but <laughs> it needs to be said, uh, we are staying on brand with the Pride, um, what is it, Pride Topics, and I want to talk about the specifically at least for me the gay community the man loving men community about the way that we like function as a community because i've noticed that a lot of the quote-unquote friendships are really just based on lust and wanting to hook up with each other and how a lot of these friendships are superficial you see them a lot on social media especially twitter that doesn't have content restriction like tiktok and instagram uh a lot more thirst follows there you got you have like the really really prevalent hookup culture of um especially with grinder like at least for me every single game that i know of has a history with that app and i feel like it just needs to like be talked about that a conversation needs to be held about it because for one it's obviously like oh you know we had to repress ourselves and we couldn't really experience love because 
it it's like when you're not out you're kind of ashamed about it because of the way the society is so i guess to make up for that we just go on like that prevalent rampant like hookup culture but yeah um i want to talk about that because it's happened to me and i don't really enjoy it <laughs> yeah uh, so I hope you enjoyed listening to us talk about um, drag queens and kind of drag history, stuff like that. If you did, please mm-hmm. uh, subscribe to us, uh, give us five stars, follow us, whatever it is, whatever you're listening, and come back next week on Sunday, the 25th, to listen to us talk about hookup culture and specifically the gay community. And have a great week until then.